I'm not gonna subject y'all to my singing. What's up? It's Gabe, one half of the Gas Cast, and I am here to talk about basketball playoff updates. All right, so tonight we got to see the Clippers, we got to see the Suns, and we got to see the return of Playoff P. Now, can we say that he's actually returned? Well, I'm not sure because honestly, he's been playing decently good this playoffs. I mean, there is a stat out there that the only players two who have I'm not even sure if I worry that right to have scored 20 plus points in every playoff game throughout the playoffs so far, obviously to up to this point is um, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, and now Paul George. Um, he hasn't been shooting the most efficiently, but he has showed up for the most part for his team. Um, and tonight he was basically unguardable. He shot 75% from the field, 50% from three, finished with 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, three steals. So he had an amazing night, um, to say the least. Perfect from the free throw line. Look at that, Paul George. Um, in the fourth quarter, I believe he had 10 points, 3 for 4 from the field, 4 for 4 from the free throw line. So, yeah, Paul George did his thing. Um, is the slander going to stop if he starts having some off games? We doubt it. Uh, even he said so in his post-game presser. He was like, I mean, it's a fact that I get – uh, criticized more than any other star, but it comes with this territory. Yes, it does come with the territory, and it is warranted. He did have some stinkers in some previous playoff series, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to uplift Ball George because he's been balling out, honestly. I think I saw a stat or heard a stat that he has played 292 minutes out of the – 329 minutes possible without Kawhi so he's been playing a lot of minutes and he has been producing now his team did he did stop his team from getting eliminated tonight as they found themselves down 3-1 to the Suns but they get the W tonight on the Suns floor to go down 3-2 and now they head back to Staples Center to try to tie this series up I think the unsung hero of all these series or all the playoff games for the Clippers is Marcus Morris. Apparently, the Clippers are 8-0 in this playoffs whenever Marcus Morris shoots 50% or better, and that he did tonight. He finished with 22 points, 22 points, uh, shot 9 for 16, so over 50% tonight. I think he had like 12 points in the first quarter. I think he started off like six for six. I mean, he started out hot. Um, so as Marcus Morris goes, the Clippers go. Uh, Paul George is doing his thing, and then Reggie Jackson has been nothing short of fantastic basically this entire playoff, ser- this entire playoff run. In 18 playoff games, Reggie Jackson has had three games in which he's had single digits and points. The rest he's had 15-plus. So, and of course, tonight is no different. 23 points on 57% shooting from the field goal, 
53 from or 57% from three and 75% from the free throw line. So he's been doing this thing. Um, the Clippers have been balling out. Uh, what we call into question the Suns. So since Chris Paul has been back, they are now two and one in games that he has played. In this game, he did play better. Last game, he couldn't buy a bucket, but this game, he finished eight for 19, six for six from the free throw line, 0 for six from three. Um, I guess one for one in flops. Y'all see that flop that he had on uh, Patrick Beverly where he went up for a shot, kind of kicked his legs out. Pat Bev was trying to get around the eight and screen, and I, he did kind of hit his legs under him a little bit, but it wasn't on purpose. And then they call a flagrant foul. They called a flagrant foul for Chris Paul on that, and he hit the ground. He flopped up and down like a fish. And I I just don't believe it was a flagrant foul. I don't think that it should have been called that way. But whatever, the refs did what they did. And then Paul got what he deserved on the other end whenever Paul George shift-teamed his ass, sent the main to another dimension before knocking down the three. Um, Anyway, CP3 finished with 22 points, eight assists. Of course, the point guy didn't have too many turnovers. He only had two this game. Devin Booker. In his last game, he had a stinker, but you can call call it what you like. Was it the face mask? I mean, he had a broken nose. I'm not sure how great I'd play with a broken nose. Honestly, I probably wouldn't be playing at all. But even with his broken nose, he kept on the face mask for most of the night. Shot 9 for 22, 4 for 6 from 3. Finished with 31 points, went 9 of 11 from the free throw line. So he did what he could. Now, Aiden. This is probably his worst game all playoffs. Only had 10 points, 11 rebounds, so still had a double-double. Shot for out for nine, so still over 50%, but they weren't finding him as much. Now, that's my thing on Aiton. I am – so, obviously, it's hard to score points in the NBA, and it's hard to be productive. Aiton, I believe this playoff series has been – or not this playoff series, this playoff run – He's been averaging about 14 to 15 points per game, double digits in rebounding, and that is very, very impressive, but it's not like they've been running things for Aiden. He's been catching a lot of lobs. Uh, He'll catch it maybe down low off of a rebound and put it back up, or he'll catch it and get like a little baby hook. So he's, it's not like they're putting the ball in his hands and are like, okay, Aiden, go get me a bucket. He's basically just doing the dirty work, and he's been doing a great job at it. So before we start thinking about Aiden being a hundred-plus million-dollar man, and I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. I mean, he probably will turn into the player that we have been seeing this playoffs. I mean, he played fantastic at Arizona. I think he averaged like 18 in college or whatever. So he's turning into the player that we think that he's going to turn into but I'm not quite sure that he is truly that guy yet. Now, in the playoffs, you are supposed to elevate your game, and that he has done. But Aiden or even a Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, he's elevated his play. But do we think that Reggie Jackson would be able to carry out um, the way that he's been playing over a 82-game regular season if it ever goes back to 82 ever again? Those questions still up in the air. I'm not sure of. A question that I pose to you guys is Ty Lue, the best coach left in the playoffs. 
Whenever we talk about someone's uh, legacy, we basically talk about their feats. Is this person better than this person? Um, And we talk about what happened. Michael Jordan, he had one of the best runs ever. Ten-time scoring champion, six for six in the finals, got to the finals uh, three times in a row twice. Like, those are impressive feats. No one else has basically done that in the modern era. Um, Ty Lue, his feats. First year as the Cleveland Cavaliers coach, takes them to the finals. I mean, LeBron took them to the finals, but they found themselves down 3-1 to a 73-win team. David Blatt didn't do anything whenever he lost his best players. And um, Kyrie and Kevin Love obviously didn't lose LeBron, but they didn't win that series. Tyron Lue found himself down 3-1 to possibly the greatest team or the greatest team statistically up to that point that we've seen in the history of the NBA. Coached them back from a 3-1 lead, won them the series. This year, found found himself down 0-2 against um, great teams this year. I wouldn't say the Mavericks are a great team, but they have a great player in Luka Doncic. Found themselves down 0-2, losing both games at home in that series, come back and win that series in seven. Found themselves down 0-2 against Utah. They end up losing Kawhi Leonard, and he comes back, gets his team to find a way to win, and they win that series in six. And then found himself down 0-2 against the Suns. Now they're down 3-2. Well, they were down 3-1 facing elimination. They won this game. Now they're down 3-2. I think that his feats are basically more impressive than any other coach left in this NBA playoff. So Monty Williams, he has not found much success on any other teams other than this year. Um, the Suns in the bubble, they end up going 8-0, but they missed the playoffs. This year, they had the second-best record in the NBA, I believe, but if not in the NBA, definitely in the Western Conference. But every team that the Suns have played this playoff run, they've had an injured superstar on the other side of the ball. So how good is he really? Um, Mike Budenholzer. We already know what Coach Bud has done. Basically nothing. He's gotten his team to play gotten his teams to the playoffs, but as far as playoff success, nothing. He's gotten swept by LeBron multiple times. Um what has he done with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the rest of this Bucks team? Not much playoff success. I believe that they made the conference finals maybe once. Maybe once, maybe twice, which is impressive. But let's look at the Boston Celtics. They made the conference finals, I believe, a two or three times over Brad Stevens, and he's been basically replaced as a coach. So what has he really done? Not much of anything. Um, And then you look on the other side with Coach Nate McMillan. Now, what he has done with this Hawks team, he has turned them completely around. Um, But I wouldn't say that what he has done, his resume, his resume would not be better than Coach Tyron Lue's. So Coach Tyron Lue. Best coach left in the playoffs. I'm comfortable saying that. Um, I'm not sure where I would rank him amongst the NBA coaches in all of the NBA. I mean, of coach, of course, Greg Popovich is there. You still got Eric Spolstra. Um, you could even say uh, Quinn for Utah Jazz. For the Utah Jazz, he's a fantastic coach. I wouldn't necessarily put Tyron Lue over him, but Tyron Lue definitely, definitely has 
an impressive resume. Um, we can switch over to the Bucks Hawks series. So we saw that game yesterday, game three, I believe. Yeah, game three, in which the Bucks get a pretty decent size win, a ten plus point win over the Atlanta Hawks, one thirteen, one o two. And in this game, we saw Trey Young go off for another check. In the first game this series, he had 48 points. The next game wasn't so great, but then the game after that, I think he finished with 30-plus points. Uh, for the series, he's averaging 32 points, 6 assists, 1.3 steals, shooting 47%, and 31 from 3. So those are very, very impressive numbers. I will say that so far my prediction for Chris Middleton being the second best player of the series has been incorrect but Trey Young did tweak his ankle it's questionable for game four I do believe he will play um I don't see himself wanting to sit out if it's just like a minor ankle injury I mean it's not like he completely turned his ankle after being up in the air for like two feet in the air and then stepping on somebody's foot like Kyrie Irving did on Giannis but he stepped on a ref's foot and he turned his ankle I suspect that he will play but will that make him suspect for the playoffs will that um, damper his production for the Hawks and they need it Uh, the Hawks one thing that we love about this Hawks team is that they have just a myriad of players who can score points for them. Uh, John Collins, right now he's averaging almost 16 points for them. Danilo Gallinari, 13. Clint Capella, 10. Bogdanovich. That's a key guy that they are missing out some production on because he is dealing with He's dealing with some knee issues and ankle issues, so he's not scoring as much as he would normally. So only six points from him. Lou Will, he's giving them four. He's not playing many minutes, only 14 points. Cam Reddish, he is a welcome face back from um, from injury. He scored in, let's see, uh, 17 minutes. I believe he played all 17 of those minutes. Last game, he scored 11 points. So we'll see what he'll, he'll be able to do. But for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, he has been tearing it up this entire playoffs. Uh, there is a stat out there. Players with 9-plus 30-point, 10-rebound games in a single playoff since 1963. Shaquille O'Neal. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, of course, Wilt, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those are the only five players on that list. So he has been dominant this entire playoffs. But the question was, is his supporting cast going to show up? First game, Middleton, I don't think that he played too well. Last game, Middleton might have had his best game in his career. Um... I wouldn't say it is his best game. I would say his second best game because this game against game six against Brooklyn, that 30 point, 38 point game, I think he had 10 plus rebounds, like six or seven assists, a couple steals. That game was probably his best game, but this will be a close second. In the fourth quarter, he shot eight for 13 from the field, four for six from three, finished with 20 points playing the entire fourth quarter. 
And it wasn't like he just erupted only in the fourth quarter. He had 13 points in the first half, and he finished with 38 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. So he's been playing He those two games. He played absolutely fantastic. But the thing with Middleton is, is consistency. In 14 playoff games, he's only had three games where he had 30-plus points and only five with 25-plus. So Giannis, he's going to need Middleton to be that second guy. Maybe he's good enough to take over this Hawks team because most people think that the Hawks should feel like they're lucky to be there. They beat a New York team, which I predicted. I didn't think New York had enough scoring. Um, I did think that the 76ers were going to be able to get past them. Uh, We saw what happened. Um, Obviously, Embiid dealing with injuries. I don't want to talk anymore about Ben Simmons. He was terrible. Um, but they got past the 76ers, and now they're going against this Bucks team. So this will be game four on the Hawks' floor. Will they be able to tie up this series? My opinion is no. There is nothing that they can do to stop the monster that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Chris Middleton, will he play another game like he did last game? I seriously doubt it. I only think that he's good for one, maybe two of those games per series. But that's not really the issue. The issue is the Hawks' defense. They can score with the best of them. They have a myriad of people that can score. But they can also defend with the worst of them, especially guarding guards. Drew Holiday currently averaging 20 points. I think 20 points, nine assists. Um, a steal and a half. Uh, he's shooting 50% from the field, 42% from three. We saw what happened against Brooklyn. You can say it was a bad series. You can say maybe that's Drew Holiday. I wouldn't agree with you that that's Drew Holiday. I think that he just had a bad series. But obviously, there is nothing that this Hawks team can do to slow him down. So if Drew Holiday is going to be giving you buckets, if Chris Middleton is going to provide at least some type of consistent scoring. Giannis is going to be the monster that he is, and they're getting little pick-me-ups from Bobby Porters, Brooke Lopez, both averaging 11 points. Pat Connaughton, he has six, he's averaging six. Brent Forbes, five, tossing in a three per game. I don't believe that the Hawks will be able to beat the Bucks. I think that we are headed for a Bucks. I'm not sure who's on the other side series. The Clippers could come back. Chris Paul, he has had probably the worst playoff luck that I've ever seen from anybody. It might be the worst in history, honestly, because a lot of times whenever he loses in the playoffs, it's not his fault. But I have seen a couple where it was. Whenever they were up 3-1 against the Rockets, they should not have lost this series. Um, so, he, and they were up, obviously, they were up 3 2 against the Warriors. It was a really good Warriors team. Everybody's like, oh, they didn't have KD. They didn't have Kevin Durant. But guess what? They still had the main core to a 73 win team. So, it's not like it was a bad team. Oh, they, they were back down a superstar. Yeah, they were down a super duper duper star, but they still have Stephen Curry on the other side. Clay Thompson, of course, Draymond Green doing his thing. It wasn't a bad team at all. Um, so, honestly, we might get some more Clipper bad juju sprinkled in there, but 
in my opinion, if I really did have to bet on it today, if I had to give you a solid pick for a team coming out of the West, it's not only because they're three up 3-2 three, on the Clippers. I think that maybe God will smile down on the little point God that is Chris Paul and say, hey, I'm not going to screw you over this time. I will allow you to at least reach the finals. What happens from there, who knows, but you'll at least reach it. Um, the Clippers, they're, they just play hard wherever they play. They play hard on the road. They play hard at home. Whether it results in a win or not, that's up to the basketball gods. Really, that's up to Marcus Morris. Like I said, whenever he shoots over 50%, eight no in the playoffs so far. So we shall see. We shall see who comes out of the West. But I don't think the Suns are out of the water yet. Obviously, the series is not done. But I am excited to see what happens. And honestly, I want both series to go to seven because I love basketball. I want to see more. I need it. I need it. So we shall see. But it's not looking too good for the Hawks, honestly, especially with Trey Young being injured. If he goes down, I think that the Bucks finish it in five. And for the Clippers going back home, like I said, it's not really – a home court for them is not really a home court, in my opinion. They don't really have a super strong home court advantage uh, as far as, like, the crowd and whatnot. I mean, of course, the crowd is going to be rooting for them, but nobody feels like that's the Clippers' true home. That's that's Staples Center, baby. That's Lakers. That's La La Land. Um, but we shall see what happens. Uh, I'm excited. I hope you're excited, and thanks for listening. Peace.